Testament reading is from Ezekiel, chapter 34, starting in verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so will I seek out my sheep, and I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on day of clouds and thick darkness. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the ravines and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them with good pasture on a mountain heights of Israel shall be their grazing land. There they shall lay down in good grazing land and in rich pasture they shall feed on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be their shepherd of my sheep and I myself will make them lie down, declares the Lord God. I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak. And the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them in justice. Therefore, says the Lord God to them, Behold, I, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you push and side and shoulder and thrust all the weak with your horns till you have scattered them abroad, I will rescue my flock. They shall no longer be a prey. And I will judge between the sheep and sheep. And I will set up over them one shepherd, my shepherd David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God. And my servant David shall be prince among them. I am the Lord. I have spoken. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The epistle is from 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, starting with verse 20. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For as one man came death, and by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ shall all be made alive but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits, then at his coming those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to destroyed is death. For God has put all things in subjection under his feet. But when it says, all things are put in subjection, it is plain that he accepted who put all things in subjection under him. When all things are subjected to him, then the Son himself will, be, will also be subjected to him who put all things in subjection under him, that God may be all in all. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me, naked, and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. As we sing that song today, I'm reminded of a pastor's conference I went to a few years back where Gerald P. Coleman was our guest musician. He happens to be the man who wrote that hymn. And uh, he's actually a Lutheran and was part of the Lutheran church there in Washington, D.C. And isn't that a place that needs the lamb? And, you know, as he would play that hymn, and we all would sing, and it would just get more and more dramatic and filled, and then pretty soon, he just dropped off, and we all sang it without any accompaniment at all. And it gave you goosebumps to remember that Jesus is that lamb, that we celebrate his death, and we celebrate his new life, and it's one of the few things in this world that we celebrate when something died. After all, you know, we don't celebrate when our poinsettias get wilted and fall back to the ground. We don't feel real glad when, you know, all our summer produce now is brown in the garden. And we certainly don't celebrate when our loved ones die but yet we celebrate as Christians knowing the truth behind death, that Jesus is that door to everlasting life, and that it's through his death 
that we are made right with God. And not only that, that through his death and his resurrection, we have hope. We have a joy that is inexpressible so that we can sing the Lamb's praise because he's the one who did it all for us. Today, our text from Ezekiel, it's kind of interesting that Susan and I were on the same wavelength. Uh, Holy Spirit certainly sent out a message to us this week uh, about uh, this whole thing about sheep and shepherds. And these words uh, from uh, verse 11 of our text, for thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself, will search for my sheep and seek them out. Now, if we think about that, as we think about that and remember what God has done, that here is Jesus saying that he, he himself, will go out and search for his sheep. And it's a promise we can count on that no matter how lost we get in this world, Jesus is gonna come looking for us. And that it's also a condemnation for all those who willfully walk away, that Jesus will find them. And on that day, he will separate the sheep from the goats. And so for you and I today, we dwell on this picture of Jesus as judge. Now, that's not an easy picture for us to like because, you know, it doesn't seem quite right or fair. It doesn't seem like that, well, fits the picture, picture really, that we have of Jesus. You know, Mr. Meek and Mild. You know, the one who loves. He who invites all the little children into his lap so he could bless them. But yet, it's the same Jesus who says, you know, if you don't follow me, you're following the way of the devil, and you're following the way to eternal condemnation. And so Jesus is the righteous judge. He is the one who can tell who is a sheep and who is a goat. And guess what, people? You don't wanna be a goat, okay? You want to be a sheep. And so, for you and I, as we contemplate our sheephood, okay, that we are sheep, that we are sheep that many times uh, go astray, we're led astray by our eyes, by our senses, uh, by our own idea of self-worth that somehow we're the only one who gets this, and therefore, you know, that makes us special. But yet, Jesus would have us be humble sheep. Not proud ones, but humble sheep. Humble sheep who know their place, who know their shepherd and heed his voice. And so where is it that we hear Jesus' voice? Through the word of scripture, where he gives us direction. He gives us a guideline for living. And in our living that he has given us, because after all, let, let's get back to some of the other truth of this. We weren't born sheep, 
okay? We were born as goats. No wonder our parents, you know, our mothers especially had to work so hard to get us here, right? We were goats. And we had to be born again to become a sheep. And so through the water of baptism, Christ claims us as his own, and we take on the mantle of a sheep. We take on the presence of the Holy Spirit and the promises of God and the inheritance that Christ won for all of us on his cross. So, thank God we're sheep. Thank God we're no longer as we were, those horrid goats, right? But we know too that if you look at God's people throughout the Old Testament, we see that God's people are constantly being led where? Into captivity, into sin, and into sin's consequences. We look at the captivity of God's people in Egypt where they're made to be slaves. We see the captivity in the time of Ezekiel where they were hauled off to Babylonia. And so we understand that sheep can sometimes not be in the green pasture or by the still water, but can rather be taken and transplanted other places. And they face unique challenges in their exile because everything is unfamiliar. Nothing seems to be where it ought to be. Now, let's get this in a context that maybe you and I can understand. You ever, you know, many of us, we have habits that we shop in certain grocery stores, okay? We go to a certain grocery store and we know where everything is on every aisle. We don't have to spend time going up and down the aisles figuring out where everything is. And then one day when we're out of town, we go to a different grocery store. What happens? You can't find anything, right? Everything's not where it's supposed to be. And that's how it was for the exiles, for the sheep of God who had been led out of the promised land. They couldn't find things where they used to find them. All the things that they were used to, the temple, it wasn't there. The holy city of Jerusalem had been conquered and, and the walls torn down. There was no more pilgrimages to these places. And it was as if they were in a strange grocery store. And so these sheep didn't know what to do. They were confused. They needed help. And so what does God do when you're confused and need help? He typically sends a shepherd or an under-shepherd, a prophet, to come in and set the record straight. And that's exactly what Ezekiel is doing for God's people. He's reminding them that there are some things that truly don't change no matter where you go. That even though you may be in Babylonia's supermarket, 
there's still milk to be found somewhere. It's still there. That there is still a place for produce. There is still the things that you need for your sustenance. It may be in a different place, but it's still there. And God is still with you, your shepherd, no matter where you go. So he will guide you to these places and help you in those strange places. And you know, God does not desert us. So as you and I, we see the world around us right now, and it seems so different than what it was 20 years ago, or 10 years ago, or even five years ago. I mean, the world has continued to change, and it seems like many times we're in a foreign place now. This is not how we thought it would always be. You know, it's like the grocery store has changed its name for the 10th time. Or your bank has gone through transitions and changed its name. You see, things around us that we thought were always going to be there have changed and moved. So what do we do as people of God in the midst of all this upheaval and this change? We go to the one who does not change to the Lord Jesus and his ancient and perfect words of forgiveness and life, of invitation and encouragement, where he speaks and we as his people hear as his sheep. And we recognize the voice of our shepherd. We hear his words, come on in, come on in. Be here with me. Hear my words. Let my words set you free. And also, he would say, you know, the things of this world, they're just of this world. But you're not of this world. You're no longer like the goats that you came into this world like. But now you are the sheep of my pasture. You are my people, and I know you by name. And when that last day comes, I will put you on my right side because I will put my sheep where they need to be. And I will put you there, and you will be righteous, made perfect through the washing in my blood. And you will dwell with me in paradise forever. Always with the green pasture and the wonderful refreshing water. And you will go down paths of righteousness for my name's sake. And you know, we see that come alive again. That's our future but while we are still foreigners in this land, may we continue to listen for the voice of our shepherd, to hear his words, to hear 
and to follow what he says. That's why in the gospel reading, it talks about the fruits of faith. The fruits of faith are shown by what you do innocently to somebody and helping them without even doing it for the kingdom, but just doing it because you're a sheep. That's what you do. You know, you know I know we characterize sheep as not the smartest animals in the world, but yet we are led by a shepherd who knows all things. And so you and I, as we draw close to our shepherd, we're more inclined to do the things he would have us do. So may you and I not be at the back of the pack, but may we be rushing up to hear our shepherd, excited when we hear his voice, and be ready to serve and to do the things he's given us to do. Maybe it's the cold cup of water. Maybe it's going and visiting the sick. Maybe it's writing a letter to someone in prison. You see, maybe it's clothing those who don't have clothing or feeding those who are hungry. But that's not something that gets us into heaven, but that's proof that God has worked faith in us. And that's what the sheep do. So today we understand that Jesus is our shepherd and that he rescues us as his people. And he continues to to work in us and through us, helping us be pointed into his word so we can refute the errors and the lies of this world. You know, those that say, oh, if you just do good in this world, you'll go on to be with God. And yet, Scripture would teach that only Jesus is the way. That no one can come to the Father except through Him. You have to go through the shepherd. You have to know the shepherd's voice. And isn't it wonderful that God has called us and made us His sheep so that we hear the shepherd's voice? We hear Him and know him as Lord. So may you and I realize that he is our God and we are the people of his pasture, the sheep of his hand. You know, Psalm 95, where we get a lot of our imagery for matins, you know, you can almost hear that in the Venite as we sing that. You know, I thought about having that service order today, but... You know, this is a minor festival of the church year, so we need to keep it in the divine service order. But as we hear those words, we are God's flock whom he has freed by his own blood. And he feeds us with his own body, preparing a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And he also ends our captivity because he nourishes us in faith and love. And by ending our captivity means that one day, guess what? Death will be no more. And we will be with him forever because the sheep always end up with the shepherd. Now that is something you and I should really realize. And as we celebrate this lamb who was slain, as we celebrate this feast 
of such wondrous news. May we always give thanks to God for the Lamb whose death makes me his own, the Lamb who's reigning on his throne, the Good Shepherd who knows his sheep and brings them home. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you.